Welcome to Time Added On, the first episode of the season after a wonderful summer. I am joined as always by Tom. Tom, how's your summer been? Are you ready to go? It only feels like two minutes ago since we were talking about the end of season pod. It's gone remarkably quick for me this summer. Yeah, very quick. Loads of cricket. The cricket's been good. It's been tidying me over. And obviously, we've got a bit of a fresh look. We've definitely got a new look for the pod. We've got a few new features that we're going to throw in throughout the season as well. Actually, with that in mind, we'd love to hear your feedback after each episode. Give us a follow on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days. Get in touch with us. Make sure you add your reviews to, to Spotify, Apple. It would be really great to, to get some feedback on the pod and keep improving as we go through the season. But, I mean, look, let's get into it. We've got loads to talk about. Uh, and what has been a remarkably quiet summer, really, Tom, for, for Forrest so far, certainly in comparison to, to last year, I think we were all in a bit of a head spin once we got to a week before the season. But we are now only a matter of days of kicking off at the Emirates. You're going to the Emirates. I'm very jealous of that. I will be for this one, potentially hiding behind my sofa. But we'll talk about the game itself. But it is that time of the year where, as a fan, you can't help but get excited. There's still plenty of things for, for Forrest to get excited about. I suppose... If we touch on, I suppose, the feeling going into this uh, this season, it's, it's different to last season, right? I don't even get away from the fact that, that last season, the whole narrative around Forrest was being back in the Premier League, first time in 23 years, etc., etc. This year, we're coming at it now as, 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 you know, the novelty factor, if you like, has worn off. Personally, I, I'm really excited to, to have another crack at the Premier League without all of the, the novelty factor and all the stuff that we talked about this time last year. It almost feels to me like we could put the last two years, which were amazing years behind us, and it almost feels like a new chapter this season and a, di- and a very different feel, if you like, coming into it. Yeah, it probably feels a little bit more normal, doesn't it? Like, um, yeah, I suppose. It was always going to feel slightly different because last year you're coming off of, well, what a season we had in, in that championship season and the playoffs. And it was a very quick turnaround. You've got to think about that. That turnaround was a quicker turnaround than usual because of the World Cup being in the winter period. On top of that, we'd signed 23 players or however many it was, even I forgot now, you know, last summer. Um, and obviously the excitement of you going from one league to the next to then kind of transition and you, you're looking at a slightly different quality of play. You're going from being excited about signing Jed Wallace on a free transfer potentially to signing players for 20 or 40 million pounds, depending if you believe the rumours on X, Y, Z. So it's a very different ball game. So it was always going to be a different feel because whether people like it or not, people have short memories and, and you quickly adjust, you know, you quickly get used to things. It's the same as like, you know, when we speak about COVID and we're all mm. locked in and we go, oh, I'll never take that for granted again. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love, I love doing this. But and then you, you get back into the swing of it and it's normality again. So it's probably become a little bit, bit of normality. Um, so it was going to be a slightly different feel and expectations are probably slightly higher because people want to see more they want to see progression yeah. again um but still it's exciting i mean we're not i watched the um the first round of games from from the afl this weekend in the championship and uh some cracking games and and the the level of the championship seems a bit better this year to last year but it's still you know i'm looking forward to being in the premier league and and maybe it being a bit more normal and maybe being able to give a proper show of ourselves a little bit because yeah. the circumstances didn't help I mean, the narrative around us will change. I've already saw a couple of things this morning, actually just having to read 
I suppose doing a bit of prep work for the pod and, and people started to talk about carefully considered Nottingham Forest now in terms of forest transfer business, which was very different to the narrative around Forest 12 months ago. But you're right, it does feel more normal. It feels like, a, I suppose, a normal approach to, to a season. And I think we're all going to benefit from that and hopefully we'll see that on the pitch as well. I mean, interesting, you talked about the opening round of the... Um, the EFL this weekend. I think the name of this pod might be more apt than ever this season. Some of the, the time I've had in the games we, we knew have it. been we outrageous. It. We We've got to lead with that. That is, that is just, I mean, God, we're never going to get, we're, we're going to have to extend our train times back well, from, was well, from, uh, from London after the games, yeah. aren't we? Me and you have been talking about, and, and the, the guys, about what trains to get back from Manchester to London after the Man United <laughs> game, which we've been lucky to get tickets for. And, uh, and we were saying, I was saying, well, maybe we could push for that one. Then I saw the uh, the, the time added on, if you like, uh, from the games this weekend. I was like, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, the one we'll after. Go for the 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 past seven. Actually, we'll Chris, go for the quarter past seven. We'll go for the quarter past seven. But it's definitely going to throw another different dynamic into games, isn't it? But, mm. I mean, let's talk about the summer because a lot's been said. I know I know a lot of people, have, we, we won't spend too much time on it because I know maybe this topic's been done to death on, on in other places. But in terms of pre-season, how do you think it's gone? There's obviously seven... Forest have played seven games. I think results have, have, it's been fair to say, have been disappointing. Only picking up two wins against Levante and Notts County in their opening pre-season fixture, scoring three goals in the, in the process. I suppose a lot of the things that Forest fans and, and Steve Cooper said that they need to build on has, haven't really been uh, evident, if you like, in terms of the games themselves about keeping the ball better, better ball retentions, being more creative, scoring more goals. I suppose if you were taking them on the performances on face value, there'd be a few concerns there in terms of level of performance. But I suppose it goes back to the the old adage of what is pre-season about? Is it about getting minutes in legs and getting fitness and building towards that opening day? Or would you want to start seeing a little bit more in games themselves in terms of performance levels? It'll differ from manager to manager, won't it? Coach to coach or, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it depends what the plan of attack is. I mean, not to, to say the obvious, but I suppose it's a bit of both. But you want to see the fitness levels Got go early up. early to be sitting on the fence well, there, Tom. Yeah. We're not even... <laughs> <laughs> we about transfers yet. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you want the fitness levels to be going up, but at the same time, you probably want that new, well, new or or improved way of doing things on the pitch to be a bit better. I mean, you can't take a lot from, from pre-season games. I don't want to be that guy because I've seen a few people on Twitter going, oh, but I mean, come on, you do want to see X, Y, Z. That's all. I always revert back to this when we talk about pre-season. So I must, people must be moaning about it every year because I think I bring this this story up every single year as well where I went to watch uh, Forest play Aston Villa at home at the city ground when I think we were in the championship. Yeah, we were in the championship at Sean O'Driscoll's first season in charge. And um, and Aston Villa, I believe, were in the Prem. And uh, Forest looked brilliant. And in particular that day, Dan Ardin looked I knew like a say that, yeah. world beater. Yeah. Absolute world beater. I bring the story up every year. So, yeah, like... I said, it must be a constant constant argument back. But, I mean, I think, you know, we all know what happened from there. So I don't think you can necessarily say, I mean, I'm picking on one player there, really, but I've seen Forrest have brilliant pre-seasons and go on in the season disappoint, and I've seen them have rubbish pre-seasons, and it's been a little bit better. It's really hard because it's not... Well, the teams that you're playing will be in different places in their pre-season. They'll be trying to do things at different times. I mean, the disappointing one will be the the Rens one, um, but 
I mean, th- those things happen. I think we can all say that the squad's probably not exactly where we want it to be at this stage, but also at the same time, I'm, I'm not stressing over a few pre-season, yeah. pre-season results. I think fitness levels were, will be the main thing, but I, I suppose the only thing I'm worried about is that I do think seemingly... Steve Cooper wants to get a certain way of playing again. He wants to have that playing out from the back kind of feeling and whether he's confident doing that at this moment or whether the team's confident with doing that at the moment, I suppose, is the only concern. Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of things around pre-season that we, we don't see as fans. We don't see what goes on behind the scenes day-to-day in terms of what 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 fitness regimes, what, what the training looks like because Steve Cooper talks a couple of times throughout the last few weeks about stressing the players so you know getting them into a point where when they're playing games that they are physically tired because of the workload that they've done in the week things like that have got to be taken into account they're not they're not working towards these pre-season games like they would do a league game you know you think about coming in at the start of the week having a warm down and starting to build up they're playing saturday wednesday saturday wednesday and doing some you know quite often double sessions as well i think you're right in terms of you know, take Leeds for example. Leeds are a week further on than Forest were in terms of their pre-season preparation with the Championship starting a week early. So that definitely feeds into it. I think this pre-season, what you've also got to remember is that the level of opposition has taken a, a step up. You know, we haven't really seen Forest play the teams that Forest have been playing at this level for for well for. Well, for a long, long, long time, right? They've you've gone abroad, even the finished the finished the preseason um, schedule away at Frankfurt, which, by the way, looked like a hell of a trip. Um, and I'm sure there's still some sore heads this morning from that from that weekend. But the fact that Forest are going to these types of opposition or playing opposition at home who are in the Europa League, Europa Conference League, etc., that has to also be noted as well, doesn't it? That we're yeah. going out there, we're playing good teams, and I don't think bar the Rennes game. They've been beaten, but they've not been they've not been thrashed. You know, well, I, think, you know. Um, I, I think thinking about it again, Chris, like the, the fitness thing probably is actually number one. I think probably if you looked at the the criticism of last season, I mean, everyone will talk about injuries. Part of the injuries will be down to fitness because it was a group of players coming from different leagues, whether that be the Championship or from the Bundesliga or wherever it might have been, to then compete in the Premier League and people picking up injuries for that. But also you could notice that in games. I mean, late goals that Forrest conceded, some of the kind of just just like capitulations in the second half of games or whenever it might have been. And, and fitness is, plays a, a massive part into that. So mm. if if they're happy on the fitness side of things, then then I'm happy. Obviously, that's a really hard thing for us to gauge because they'll have this, that and the other that they're testing out and, and doing loads of analysis on fitness within the squad that they'll have a far better view of than, than me, you or, or, or anyone can actually see. But... That will have been number one. It is it, just the the playing style thing as well. But as you say, it's a it's a really hard one to gauge, and it's it's not going to get easier at the start of the season, really, either, because of no. the the type of fixture we've got, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But you know, it, it's a difficult one in these kind of games, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think there's an element of you need to get the season going now, get football going. There's an element of boredom that tends to creep in over pre mm. over the preseason period as well. Personally, I can't wait to get to September the first and, and have the transfer window out of the way. I'd much prefer to have the transfer window done this week 
before the season kicks off and then you know what you've got to play with. Well, but maybe obviously, not right now, Chris. Not, in the not right now. Let's not close it. Let's not close it now. But you know what I mean? But yeah. it, um, it obviously causes, I suppose, an interesting dynamic over the first few few weeks of the season. Forest aren't alone. Let's talk about transfers because, look, Forest aren't alone. There are Premier League clubs out there that have bought, you know, not many players. West Ham are on the verge of making their first summer signing today. Forest have currently bought two in. Plenty of work to do. It's been, before we talk about the ins and outs, I suppose the transfer market this summer has been one of the most intriguing transfer markets of, of recent years, hasn't it? Because it's, it's, it feels very, very slow, and I feel like there's plenty of life left in it. It feels like the next two or three weeks could go absolutely uh, bonkers. But I suppose the impact of, of Saudi Arabia and, and what's happening there. I think he's being felt across the whole market, isn't it? Certainly from a Premier League point of view. It, it's definitely distorted the market and it's made things really difficult. I think there was an impression that, that Saudi Arabia might come in and take ageing players, but now they've actually started to pick up you know, players with huge potential in their early 20s. It's completely changed the dynamic completely. And in terms of the Premier League being the destination and the place to be, the Premier League are now having to fight against this, this this other component, aren't they? Without a doubt, the Premier League has the monopoly of European football. If you're a European footballer previously and a Premier League cl- club comes knocking, no matter what end of the Premier League, to, to, to you know, with respect to maybe one or two clubs, that was an attractive proposition because you were playing in the, the you know what was deemed the world's best league, and we're going to probably earn the most money than than, than you could anywhere else. It's it's massively distorted the market because of the wages and the transfer fees being offered. Yeah, it's distorted it this summer. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely distorted it this summer. I think you're finding, yeah, clubs are, are going after players and then a Saudi a Saudi Arabian club will, will then suddenly pick you off. I mean, we've experienced that ourselves recently. There's a lovely um, player called John Joe Shelby out there. Guys. <laughs> anyone from Saudi Arabia is listening to this. Harry Arter. Harry Arter and John, John Joe Shelby. That is a midfield pivot for the ages. <laughs> But I don't even think it's that. I think um, there's this this big shift as well towards everyone, everyone, every man and their dog, like trying to scout the Brazilian market. And now everyone's after the same players there. And then Forest have been linked with about 20. And then all of a sudden Chelsea want them or Spurs want them. And like you're facing a battle. I mean, to be honest, in that respect, when you're a second half, half of the table club, that's the battle you face anyway. To be quite honest, the unfortunate thing is, is that you've now got Saudi Arabian clubs to deal with as well, who are offering X, Y, Z money. Um, but you're always going; you could always be linked with a player, and then someone might go, "Oh, do you know what? Actually, they might do a job for us, so we'll take them." And you've lost; you've lost before you even started. To be quite honest, because once they get involved, that's where they want to go to. Um, but that's the market Forest are shopping in, and I, I'm glad they're shopping in that market. What I don't want them to do is panic, because yep. if they start to panic. We'll start just getting Joe Bloggs, like five or four or five Joe Bloggs, who have been their agents have been like shopping them around, like throwing their names out left, right, and centre, and just waiting for some sucker to pick them up. Like that is, that is uh, not what I want us to do, and it's something that um, I fear we will do. But like, if we're shopping in a good market, you will have to face competition with other clubs. I mean, the frustration will be that we're not beat in that competition but I think the market is so weird at the moment I also think there's there's dominoes waiting to fall I think the frustration yeah. at the moment for Forest specifically away from just the general market is probably fans feeling like 
we knew what we wanted before, really. Even if there was two, you know, even within the two scenarios, promotion, rele- promotion, relegation, staying up. <laughs> um, um, you know, like you knew what you needed coming into into the season, really. I mean, there would have been some slight differences in terms of having shift players at X, Y, Z. Um, and maybe that's a problem with this year in terms of, Henderson needing to be alone and and some of that money needing to be moved into the next financial year and we all know about the rumours about Brennan Johnson maybe there is that but even with those scenarios you know that you've known that for a while so you can either I suppose you've got two options you crack on but the 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 players that you're going to get are maybe of lesser quality slightly cheaper and then you risk losing Henderson uh, well maybe not getting Henderson anyway or, or or losing Brennan Johnson or you have to wait. And, yeah. you know, I wonder whether those conversations have been had, you know, whether we're happy happy to wait. Maybe, you know, Steve Cooper's probably not happy to wait, but that's that's coaching. That's, that's management. Well, there's a, I think there's a couple of things of what you said there. So I think there is definitely... Forest are, are going for a different type of target to, to last summer. And I think that is markably... The, the, the difference markably between last summer and this summer is that Forest needed... Well, they needed quantity. They, need, they obviously wanted quality, but they needed quantity last year as well. They had to rebuild a whole squad. A little bit easier to do that with respect to some of the players that came in when you're shopping in and around the championship and maybe kind of lower half Premier League and maybe even to an extent lower half Bundesliga. I think where Forest are is that this summer they've got the 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 they've come into this summer with. I think a, a you know a good solid Premier League squad. Yes, it has its deficiencies, and when there's areas of the pitch which I think, if you surveyed ten fans, probably seven or eight would would agree on on broadly the areas that Forest need to strengthen. But again, it's all about wanting to take that next level, and I suppose solidify you now, yourself now as a Premier League club. That requires a different target, a different quality of target. And I think that will take time. And as you said, you are competing against other clubs for those signatures. Some you'll win, some you won't. Forest have won the battle in, in, in terms of one side that we'll talk about in a minute. But yes, it might be a case of waiting out the window. You know, we talked to Joe to me a minute ago about having a considered approach. I, I hope you're right. I hope they well, I hope they continue with that and that, that they don't go down the scattergun because I think so far, to, to a point I'm relatively happy with where we are because we haven't gone down that route of just a, a scattergun approach and just bringing numbers in. They seem to be considered the targets that Forest are going for seem to be well fought out. But we are ultimately, you know, we've lost a couple of uh, Brazilian targets to the likes of Chelsea, losing one to Spurs and we're about to lose one, obviously, to Saudi Arabia. We can't compete with those clubs at this moment in time. So that is just the nature of where Forest are shopping. I think the window and, and the, the, you know, Forest last summer and over the January window probably did enough shopping for another two transfer windows. So FFP does come into account. So they're going to have to be creative in terms of how they do things, which is obviously the crux of the Dean Henderson negotiations. There's, there's plenty going on. And look, I want to touch on players coming out because we talk about players coming in. I think players coming out are almost as, you know, equally important, if not even more so, because Forest still have, you know, I hate to use the term bomb squad, but they do have a whole host of players who were either out on loan last year or deemed not good enough. And then there's a whole load, there's there's probably a a good six or seven players that made up the 25-man squad last year that are no longer deemed good enough for that squad. So there's a bit of work to be done there, Tom, isn't there, to make sure that there's room for these players to come in. Forest lost Navas and Lodi, 
good players, probably would have liked to have kept, kept Loddy um, to a point, but obviously he's gone to Marseille. You know, Lingard, Uriah, obviously Sam Sturridge has gone for a good fee, but there's still the likes of Cook, Shelby, Dennis, O'Brien, that they've got to get off the books, and that's going to be vital in the next couple of weeks. It's equally as important, I think. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, yeah, shifting those players was always going to be a challenge. It was always going to be be the need to, to, to happen as well because I think Forest probably have one of the biggest squads, albeit we don't probably see it that way because most of those players, we wouldn't want anywhere near that 25-man squad come when it actually has to be registered. So um, there is a lot of work to be done there. I mean, one of the positives I take is that you know, with with the lack of transfers and and also we need to get rid of players. There is a spine to to yeah. the squad. In, you know, we didn't have that last season, so it's a bit of a different ball game in that respect. You have got a bit of a spine. I mean, in terms of losing players, when you look at the players they have got rid of at the moment or have left, which isn't enough, is what we're saying. But you know, there's only really two positions that you've you've lost from your first team squad from last season, which is left back in Ren and Lodi. Yep. And one goalkeeper because you can't play two at the same time, albeit we might yeah. would like that to happen. Um, so, you know, you've lost Henderson and Navas. Yeah, and Forrest, I think, will be. And Henderson will come back. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. convinced Henderson will, will come back. So, in reality, you're looking at, you're looking at a, a left back, which I agree with. Because exactly. your IUs, your Lingards, etc., whilst they had squad places and obviously IU did come on, he didn't overly contribute. And Forrest yeah. have obviously brought in uh, uh, Anthony Alanga who is more than an adequate replacement for those guys. So mm-hmm. you're right. I think the other benefit, Tom, as well, is that, you you know, we sat here this time last year and we tr- probably tried to pick a start in the 11 for Newcastle. Trying to pick your start in the 11 for Arsenal, which we'll talk about later in the pod, hell of a lot easier. But mm-hmm. and, we, and that might seem like a bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke, but it's not, is it? Because if you're Steve Cooper, we've got a really settled way of playing towards the end of the season, which was that 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, whichever way you want to look at it, home or away. He's going to go with that. He's he's blatantly going to set up with a three at the back and go and basically try what he started to do last August when we kicked off in the Premier League. He's going to go back to that because he likes it. He got promoted with that. You could literally sit there now and you could pick that starting eleven. And again, not to use the same analogy, but if you surveyed 10 Forest fans, you'd probably get nine back with a similar starting 11, which I think is actually quite beneficial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think it is in terms of these, you know, having a bit of consistency. The problem with Forest last season was that they didn't have that consistency. I mean, look, the you know, when you mention the three at the back thing, I get a little bit of shudders because I do think Forest <laughs> really need a cracking centre-back to help them out if, if that's what's going to happen. And dependent on injuries to, to certain players... Pacey centre-back at least yeah. as well, don't yeah. they? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the amount of times early last season where I had Premier League fans going, God, like you just throw a ball over the top, you lot, and and you, you cut open. And, and I mean, some of the pre-season, I've not watched all of the pre-season games, but some of the things that I've heard are similar you know, similar nature, you know, they just need a bit more mobility at the back. I'm not saying that the players that Forrest have can't do a job for Forrest. It's just that they need something else to what they've got. They've got a very, some of the individuals, they've got a very championship centre-back. And when I say that, I mean, not necessarily the quality of the person or the player, but 
the way that they play. You know, there's a certain centre-back you think of when you think championship, and there's a certain centre-back you might think of when you think a good Premier League centre-back. And yeah. I just think Forrest need to add... I mean, people might think I'm being harsh. I'm thinking, you know, Felipe, we've not seen him through season, and Nick Arte got injured again, and I'm not sure of the length of, of some of those. I'm hoping Nick Arte's back fairly soon, but they need another centre-back. You know, that three I, I'm convinced, by the way, Felipe starts on Saturday. But well, that'd be great. Work. That'd be we'll great. hold that thought. We'll come back. But I mean, I this could be the greatest, the greatest. You know, Steve Cooper, I know, likes to do a, a bit of, oh, he's injured and then he plays. But I mean, this would be one of his greatest magic <laughs> pieces of work that he just doesn't Who bother knows? featuring him at all preseason and goes, there you are. Bye. Well, hold that thought. But I agree, centre-half is definitely an area of the pitch that, that Forrest needs. But but in the main, I say the consistency is is, is, a, is a big thing. Forrest needs to bring players in. We know they need to take players out. Um, in terms of the players they've brought in, two so far, we expect a, a third to be announced today maybe even before this this pod makes it out. So we'll come on to him. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about him as if he is a Forest player. And if he's not, we can edit it out afterwards, Tom. But um, the three that Forest are bought in, Anthony Alanga, uh, Ola Aina, and then obviously uh, Matt Turner coming in from Arsenal uh, for a fee of around about £7 million. In terms of those three, let's talk about uh, Anthony Alanga first and foremost. Forest beat competition from the likes, supposed competition, from the likes of Everton and West Ham. Lightning quick winger. If he's there to complement what we already have, I personally think he's a really, really good signing. Doesn't need to be registered towards the, the 25-man squad either, so he's an extra body. He's obviously raw, knows Steve Cooper from, from previous um, previous times, but he looks an exciting prospect, albeit we've not seen a huge amount of him in pre-season, but comes with... Comes from Man United, you know. Man United fans speak speak highly of him in terms of he's definitely got pedigree. Works hard, as I say, he's got pace to burn, which is going to be huge for Forest as they continue this counter-attacking style. Yeah, I mean, I like his um, attitude. I mean, I don't know him personally, but um, <laughs> nice but, lad. <laughs> yeah, nice lad. lad. Had a good uh, Morrison's breakfast with him the other week. Um, no, I think you know, from his videos that we've seen from the old socials, he, he seems like he's he's really enthusiastic about the move, which is good to see. Um, I know that might sound like a basic thing to say, but I think it goes a long way, especially in this squad. I think one of the big things that Steve Cooper has done well, I think I look back at that promotion season, is the enthusiasm of the players. And I think sometimes we, we signed 30 players last season. Some of them were always going to have that enthusiasm and some of them weren't. I think we've seen that from maybe certain players that have been bombed out if you like and, and certain players that remain a, a pivotal part to his squad but you know Anthony Alanga's got that enthusiasm so if he's got the quality or you know he's got the enthusiasm to kind of spur him on in terms of that rawness that you talk about then great he'll he'll end up being a, at least a good option for Forrest I think at the moment the jury's out for me purely and simply because I think we need to see a bit more of him, not just in the Forest shirt altogether. I mean, he's he's had uh, appearances for Man United, mainly before Ten Hag came in. Um, and he did well in, in certain appearances, and there's other ones where he obviously had to do better. He's not a Man United quality player, which is why he's, he, you know, he, he's we've been able to get him. That's, that's the truth of it. But he's also very young. So um, he's got bags of room for improvement. It's can he fulfil that potential or not? I think he's got loads of pace. I think the one thing he, he will need to improve on is 
is is some of that end and end product and quality that he's got. So hopefully you can do that. That will come with games. I think at first what we'll see with Anthony Langer is we'll we'll see a lot of pace, which is great. And as you say, that fits in massively with with kind of what's important with that attacking group of players that we've got. We rely on Brennan Johnson so much sometimes with for his pace. Um, and when Brennan can't play or doesn't play. That's, it's quite noticeable that you lose a huge amount of pace in your squad. So to have another option, hopefully what is a, uh, I suppose, a complementary option uh, within that group of attacking players, then then that would be good. But um, it, it's just seeing with as games go, can he add goals or assists to, to his game? I think he, he might complement the likes of Gibbs-White very well and even playing off a one year kind of similar to, to Brennan Johnson. So um, the more that, that the games go, hopefully the confidence builds. But Ola Einer, we obviously we've seen him in pre-season starting off on the left-hand side. Obviously, he's a right-footed player, free transfer from Torino out in Italy. He can operate on both the left and the right. Looks impressive so far, loves to get forward, definitely committed. You can see him obviously doing a job for Forrest on either side of the pitch. He definitely suits the style that Forrest want to play and that Steve Cooper wants to play in terms of that, uh, I suppose, attacking threat. But he's got a good engine about him as well as he can get up and down the pitch. Uh, he's definitely going to, well, brilliant cover or brilliant support, if you like, from the right-hand side. But I suppose at the minute where Forrest will utilise him in the short term is on the left. But he definitely suits, you can see why Steve Cooper was was keen to bring him in. He definitely suits the style. And, I, I, and look, without seeing him in the Premier League first-hand in a Forrest shirt, it definitely looks like a pretty astute bit of business on a free transfer. Yeah, I think, again, what, what he brings is is the pace. It's the pace side of the game, um, kind of uh, more mobility to the squad, which I think is something that, that Forrest lacked last year. And the, he's a utility player. He can play on either side. That's Let's be honest, you know, in terms of the circumstance at full-back, and I'm trying to, you know, second-guess Steve Cooper at left-back, you haven't potentially got anyone there at the moment, really, because you've you've got a player who's been out injured for a year and hasn't really featured in 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 preseason, and you've got another player who's obviously got some difficult circumstances in in the the betting stuff uh, from a few years ago and Harry Toffolo. So it, you've got no one there at the moment, and then at right back you've got Nico. Um, who's obviously come back from a facial injury from from last year and probably needs to build up his confidence again, uh, I think. But um, you know, Aurier as well in terms of there's been interest in Aurier. You know, does he see him as a as a wing back, or do do they see him as going as a right side as centre back for certain games, depending on X Y Z? So he's, he's an option to have. He can also apparently fit in in, in central midfield, but I imagine we'll we'll probably only really ever see him in the fullback positions one way or another. So it's good to to have the option. I'm not ta- I'm not taking anything away from him either because I think we all need to see a bit more of him. And, and regardless of preseason, people saying, "Oh wow, he's done really well." I think you know Dan Arden. Um, but uh, um, it scars me that preseason game. I'll just bring it up for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think he's a good option to have, and hopefully, you know, if he adds the mobility, um, let's see, let's see what he can do. And Matt Turner, then the goalkeeper coming in from Arsenal, Arsenal's number two last season to, to Ramsdale. This one kind of came out of the blue. I say out of the blue. It was a week ago, but it, came, it did did come out of the blue. Forest have been linked with so many goalkeepers. It's definitely a position that they've struggled to recruit. Steve Cooper said a few weeks ago that he wanted to get 
a goalkeeper through the door sooner rather than later. There is, without a doubt, I say I'm convinced Dean Henderson will be a Forest player by the end of the summer window, whether that's this week, next week or whenever, but he would definitely be a, a Forest player come the end of August. But obviously he's carrying an injury, even if we were to have signed him a couple of weeks ago, which is probably, the well, it is without a doubt the reason that negotiations are slow. Forest therefore always needed a goalkeeper to come in and, 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 and take up the role for the opening few weeks of the season. It feels like Matt Turner, it, you know, it is... is is I don't know. It feels like Matt, Matt Turner is the option that they've, they've they've now come to. Whether he was probably first choice for that role, I don't know. He comes from a, he comes with a, again a good pedigree. Didn't see too much of him, obviously at Arsenal last year in terms of being the understudy, playing a handful of games. But obviously previously he is the USA's number one goalkeeper. Um, I don't know what to make of this one. I think for seven million pounds, I think it's a steady addition. I think we'll see, obviously, time will tell, obviously, once we see him in a forest shirt. I suppose it's hard, isn't it? When you're recruiting for ultimately, you know, fair play, he will come in and he will get first crack at keeping on the shirt. And I think Steve Cooper will give him a chance to that. But we would expect, if Dean Henderson does sign, that once Dean Henderson is fit, Dean Henderson will take up the role of number one. It's always hard, therefore, to recruit for a, for a backup goalkeeper. But I suppose, given the money... You know, in the Premier League, you're not going to get much, much, much better, are you? For 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 say five, six, seven million pounds at backup, it, it seems like a good option, albeit probably not Forest's first choice for that role. No, I wasn't really sure why people were turning their noses up. To be honest, I mean, some of it was was because oh, they were like, oh, if we sign him, we're not going to get Henderson. Well, Henderson, I think that was it, though, wasn't it? Because oh, yeah. when the, when when the story broke, it was Forrest are only going to sign one. Yeah, I, mean, I think there was a bit of a mix up. It was definitely yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of a mix up, and then we were linked with about ten goalkeepers in one day at one point, which is a mixture <laughs> of people just trying trying to create a story and agents doing stuff because they know that Forrest are after two goalkeepers. So, um, like. I think that's another thing that's come with the Premier League, which is me going slightly on a tangent, but people like you're going to get linked with X, Y, Z, especially when you've signed 30 players the season before, because you're an easy target. But I, I don't see an option with it. It is a backup option um, at the moment. I mean, we don't know what, I know people will probably say I'm being arsy, but we don't know what Henderson's fitness is going to be like. I mean, my understanding is, and maybe this is wrong, that he's, he's had another slight um, issue with his injury that might set him back another another couple of weeks or, or whatever. I mean, that could be rubbish or maybe me just misunderstanding. But um, so, I mean, he's coming in with the opportunity to, to be Forrest's first choice at, at this moment in time. And he will be first choice whilst Dean Anderson is not a Forest player and he's not fit. Um, and just because he was Arsenal's backup doesn't mean he's he's rubbish. They signed him for, for a reason. They thought he was good enough to be a, a backup to Ramsdale. Um, I, we need to see a bit more of him again. It's a really difficult yeah. one to gauge. He signed from New England Revolution and went to Arsenal. Uh, he's played a couple of games. I mean, he seemed highly rated before he went to Arsenal. Um and and as as options go, when you know that Forrest are trying to sign Dean Henderson, you're not going to sign an absolute worldy goalkeeper no. to be back up. Kaylor Navas signed last season because Henderson was already injured for the rest of the season, so he knew he was going to be first choice for the remainder of the season. And um, he wasn't getting games at PSG, and he's been linked with Inter Milan and you know other other clubs. I think Inter Milan might be signing Jan Sommer from from Bayern Munich. So maybe that one's dead, but you know. There's there's reasons why certain things happen. I mean, I think 
he's probably one of the better options you're going to get for being potentially having to accept being back up again. I mean, I imagine he will fight tooth and nail to keep his place, which is probably why he's taken this opportunity. He probably does want to be first choice somewhere, but he's probably looking at it and going, well, let me come out and I'll show you what I can do. In terms of where Forrest still needs to recruit for, obviously we talked about centre-half earlier on. We obviously still need to look for a left-wing back. Where else? We, we are heavily let coveted me, that centre-mid. Let me get my Argos catalogue out. What did, our <laughs> circle, uh, what did our circle earlier? I mean, obviously we've said that pretty much the um, the goalkeepers hopefully will be sorted. I mean, if you get Turner and Henderson, then then great. At this moment in time, I mean, at this moment in time, we've not signed any goalkeepers officially, but yeah. we think Turner, let's presume, uh, Turner and Henderson for me. Done and and hopefully Henderson does come in. Then you need uh, a top quality centre-back, which I've already mentioned. Um, they need a left-back, obviously. Um, they need a reliable central midfielder for me, an improvement on what they've got, and they need another attacking option. Yeah, I agree with that. Agree. We're looking at another four players once your two goalkeepers have come in, won't you? I mean, it's been players linked left, right, centre all summer. We were unfortunate not to to sign um, William earlier in the summer. Obviously, we were linked with the the centre half last week, uh, Ibanez, who looks like he's now well, he's virtually on his way to Saudi Arabia, probably already there. Um, Sangar, obviously, in midfield has been going on and on and on, and it'd be interesting to see how that one pans out. Forest have been linked with plenty of names and good names, aren't they? A couple more linked today in terms of the two lads from um, Stuttgart in Germany as well. So there's plenty of names and there's plenty of traction there. It feels like Forest the activity around Forest is definitely hot enough. It'd be good if Forest could, and obviously it goes without saying, the sooner rather than later, but if Forest can land another target this week going into the Arsenal game, it just gives everyone that that lift. I suppose the one thing to caveat, we haven't really, I don't really want to go into it at length this pod. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week, perhaps. But in terms of potential exits that Forrest don't want, you talked about um, Serge Aurier there has been linked with a move to Saudi Arabia, potentially offers on the table for Bolly and Koyate as well. And then obviously there's the Brennan Johnson issue that you touched on earlier from a, a FFP point of view. Still a lot of uncertainty whether Brennan Johnson will be a Forest player come the end of the window. If any of those players exit, then obviously like-for-like like replacements would also be required outside of the list that we've just talked about. Yeah, and and probably harsh, but the ones you said before, Brennan Johnson, I wouldn't be anti-getting a fee for because you're not going to get a fee for him if you don't sell no. them now. No. Um, to a Saudi Arabian club as well, so you could get you're not going to get loads, but you'll get a decent fee. You'll get a decent fee. Ben Man, they got five million for Sam Surridge. Oh, I love Sam Surridge. Yeah. But and, and, five million is a good fee. For... And I'm understanding before people throw bricks at me that, you know, they do a job and, and some of those players care. I mean, Serge Aurier, I think I voted for him as my, you know, like surprise player of the season or something like that when we did our end of, end of pod last year. Um, but, you also have you have to think both football and business sometimes. Like that's just the the football the, the way that football's become. Like um, and I think getting rid of those players for a fee wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You just have to make sure that they are replaced and you get the right players in. Um, and if you can do that, then fine. You, you've you've done some good business. Brennan's obviously a different a different kettle of fish. We know how important he is. I mean, every player has a has a price. That's the truth of it. Um, and if that, that price is reached, then you just have to go, fair play. Off you yeah. go. And then and Forrest then have to... Again, that's the way the best clubs in this division are run. 
you know, the, the way that they are, when you look at Brighton, who have sold McAllister and many of their players are linked with moves away, Caicedo, Matoma, et cetera, Ferguson, who's only just really, um, he's only just been born. Um, <laughs> but, he's in my but, dream team. Um, he's in your dream team, well. Uh, he might be a, a, a decent club to get some goals, but, um, you know, like that's the way that they run. They They sell those players, but those clubs then are... Reinvest, you know, yeah. They reinvest very well. Yeah, your Brighton and your Brentford where, model. Yeah, yeah, that's where our fans worry. I think you know that 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 is the concern that they'll never want to sell. You never want to sell your best players anyway, right? But you, they'll never have that trust that we'll be fine if if one of our best players goes. Unfortunately, in the position that Forest are in at this moment in time as a football club, their best players will go at some point. Yes, yeah. just yeah. then how they reinvest it. No, I agree. And that is just where Forest are. Even though Forest are a Premier League club, ultimately, you are still ripe for picking from the top half of that Premier League. It's just the fee potentially is bigger. And that yeah. is the way to look at it. But no, I agree. You'd hope there is a backup plan in place there. I'm sure there is, but we'll see. I hope that doesn't come to fruition. They don't need that backup plan. This summer. I'd love to have another year of Brennan Johnson. I think Forest would be better for it, obviously. It's just that relationship that he was striking up with, with Morgan Gibbs-White. But... Yeah, it promises to be uh, probably a busy couple of weeks for Forest. Definitely business needs to be done. But if Forest can get a couple of their targets in and, and get you know players of a good standard in those places, it goes without saying that obviously that is a big if. But Forest would be, look well set. And we'll come on to the next part of the pod in where we talk about predictions for the season. But there's no reason if Forest get the type of player that they're after that Forest can't progress. Um, should, we, should we talk about that? Should we talk about predictions for the season in terms of um, of where Forest will finish. I thought it was interesting, given what we said earlier on the pod in terms of the mood around Forest and, and what we've kind of seen, if you like, on social media over the last couple of weeks in terms of worry and, 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 and obviously unhappiness, if you like, around results. I thought it would be interesting to throw a poll out yesterday just to kind of get a view from from the Twitter fan base, if you like, in terms of where they think Forrest will will finish this season. And I actually thought it was quite interesting in terms of the results that we got back. So 67 of, 67% of fans who responded suggested that Forrest had finished 15th to, to 17th. Only 9% think that Forrest will be relegated. I was really surprised with that fact that, that was such a small number. I, I, I thought that was, I, I thought that was going to be really positive in a way in terms of what fans are worried about where we'll be. And obviously this is all irrelevant because it all matters. It all, all, all really ha- all that really matters is what happens on the pitch. But from a fan's perspective coming into the, coming into the season, I think I'd have to tend to agree in terms of that 67% in terms of the 15th to 17th. I think Forrest are probably in for a, at this stage, you know, a lot of it will depend on not to do a year and sit on the fence, but a lot will depend on what happens, obviously, over the next two, two and a half weeks. But that feels like a sensible bet at the moment. And I certainly when I was looking at my 1 to 20 prediction, which we will come on to, we'll not go through the full 20, we'll post these up on socials in the week. But when I was putting my 1 to 20 together, and you start to get down to about 14 from below, there is a whole host of clubs there that you could make an argument for in terms of being at that bottom end and really struggling and being in a relegation scrap. But I feel like Forest have got a good foundation and will probably add to that foundation in the next couple of weeks to make sure they're, they're all right and they're safe. I thought you were going to be really miserable. Then. I thought you were going to go, it doesn't matter what the bloody poll says, we're going to get relegated anyway. <laughs> no, right, you know so. me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it is a positive outlook. I was, I was surprised myself, actually, when I saw the... Um, the 
um, relegated. That's not because I think we will. I, I think I agree with you and that um, we'll finish somewhere around that 15th, 17th. I think I've wavered between 17th and 16th myself. Um, but I think it will be... Yeah, I, when when I did my league table prediction, I, I really struggled, actually, once I got past 12. Because even, I think, um, I looked at, like, team... I think I've put Palace quite high, but actually, you know, if they lose players um, and they've already lost Zaha, then um, that puts them in a in a bit of a, a predicament. I mean, I don't think they will lose the players that they're rumoured to anymore, actually. But, um, yeah, there's certain teams like Fulham as well, who I just don't think will be as good. They've had a bit of a rocky summer, really, when you look at it. Um, Wolves and and West Ham, who obviously are saying are signing their first player today, and they're in Europe, but they, they need to sign some players, otherwise their season only gets more difficult to last season if they don't sign better yeah. players than what Agreed. they've got. Because they, and a they bit have of infight in the background as well from a West Ham point of view. Exactly. So, um, I mean... This will change completely in terms of what I think will happen because because of signings and because, as we've said, the, the market's been a weird one at the moment. So I would expect that that teams will sign far more players than what they currently have. But, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's going to be tight down there again, apart from maybe, obviously, there's some expectations of certain teams being definitely more, you know, struggling more than others. Um, but we'll see about that. So what you've got then, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't know if you've got this prepped and with you, but in terms of your bottom three for the Premier League this year, who do you expect to finish? Do you want me to go first while you scrabble around and get no, your I've bottom got it. three? I've got it. I've got it. I've got I'll it. let you go first. Right. I'll let you go first. Add Sheffield United for bottom. Maybe there's, there's a personal well, thing there. there's a bit of a personal gripe there, but you do have to look at Sheffield United and you think, well, they've lost in die is their best player. And I've just done a little quick flick on socials. And it appears that Burnley are trying to buy Sander Berg. So if they were to lose ultimately their two best players in their promotion season, probably wouldn't leave them in in, uh, in good stead. That. So, yeah, I'd have to agree. I've got Sheffield United finishing 19th. I've got Luton 19th. So we've done a switch here. I've got Luton it's finishing rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll put up a fight. Uh, Horrible then... place to go to, Kenneth Fred. I mean, that, that's one thing that whilst it might not have the 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 city ground effects it has the it will have a different effect just given the surroundings it is definitely going to put a few uh, elite players off if you like in terms of turning up at the Kenny and uh, and struggling I, I definitely think Luton will pull out a few shock results oh, yeah. I back Luton to finish above Derby's lowest points tally um, it's going to be tight but I think Luton will will I think they will struggle by a long way mm. but they will beat Derby's record but I think Luton Sheffield United for my bottom two look a good bet well if you're saying Luton are going to beat Derby's uh, points tally my Sheffield table United Sheffield United, United a, are having a real bloody struggle I mean, aren't they? I, mean I'm going to, I don't want to talk that one up too much because we have got Sheffield United uh Second game in, and uh, we might have egg on yeah. our face. But yeah, I actually think agree. one of them will have a really strong start, but I think they'll drop. Right, well, I say that's because that we're not playing them. So, um, and then I was really between. Actually, obviously, I, I sent you my predictions the other day, and I was between. I was differing between two really. Uh, it was Wolves or Burnley for the last place for me. Wolves, who have lost players, and and again haven't really signed anyone. Um, 
And there seems to be some stuff going on there, a bit of unrest there. Burnley, some people might just think I'm being lazy just choosing the three um, promoted teams. I don't think Burnley will be anywhere near as good as people think they will be. I think there's this huge hype about Vincent Company. Congratulations, you got promoted from the championship with a team that should. Um, but the the bloke's got to got to um, prove himself at the top level now. Um and I don't think that squad is as good as people make it out to be just because they smash the championship. I've seen teams smash the championship and, and go straight back down. It happens because the, the gap is huge. So I don't um, think it was a good championship last season. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. I've, I've said that a few times on this pod in terms of the year that we went up. I don't think it was a good championship, which is obviously why we did we were able to do what we did in terms of that run. I agree. The one thing I'd say about Burnley is that it was a bit of a squad overhaul there. It wasn't necessarily the same squad that went down, that went up. The, the play style was a complete contrast to the season before so I think Vincent Company did do an extremely good job I think what does goes against him this year is the fact that a couple of his key loan signings that, that took them up are no longer there they haven't secured the services of a couple of their big players last year so he's almost had to well similar to the way that Forrest did in reality he's almost had to start again and I think they've invested wisely in certain areas but obviously they've gone with a few European unknowns absolutely fine say exactly the same as Forrest last year that could go either way I think Burnley will have enough to stay up but purely because I think Wolves are in such turmoil that I think Wolves' first eleven on paper still looks to be a decent bet. But I think their squad depth, because of their lack of ability to, um, I suppose, sign players, is going to be ultimately what costs them. So I've gone for Luton, Sheffield United and Wolves, um, followed by, just outside the relegation zone, Bournemouth, Burnley and Forest finishing in 15th. Oh, I've got Forrest finishing in 16th. That was a last-minute change, if I'm honest. Um, I did have Forrest <laughs> finishing in 17th. I've sp- spoke myself out of it. I've got a bit more optimistic. 17th to uh, 16th, Forrest will uh, will go. I actually think your likes of your Everton, or your Everton's, Fulham's, West Ham's, Brentford, I even put just into that mix because obviously they're into European football as well. I think they will have. I think Everton will be quite. I don't think Everton are, 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 are fans. If you look at, I'm just looking at the four four two prediction. They were Everton to finish in the bottom three. I just think Everton this year under Sean Dyche will have enough I've about got, them. I've got Everton to finish all the way up in eleventh. I think they'll do all right. I think they'll be fairly streetwise, and I think Sean Dyche is a full full pre season under his belt. There, I think they'll do okay. But is it Palace, Palace, West Ham, Fulham, Bournemouth, Forest, all to finish below Everton? Yeah, so. I've got Palace in tenth, but like I've got I've got West Ham twelfth, Fulham thirteenth, Everton fourteenth, Forest fifteenth. It's that's what I mean. We've just said I think there's so many arguments just to you in terms of the next two weeks. It's so vitally important for so many clubs. So many of those teams that just listed haven't made that many signings, and I'm sure it will be a lively end to the window, which will distort that picture even more. But I think what gave me what gave me a slight bit of uh, not comfort because I definitely do not feel comfortable. I've only just got over the the mild heart attack that Forrest gave me last season. But I just look at the the number of teams down there. I don't think it'll be a season, perhaps, bar you know, the bottom two where there's there's too many. There's not three clubs that you go there. There's three clubs for the taking. But I think there's there's enough there that Forrest could feel content if they can get the right business done. That they should be able to look maybe a little bit upwards and not always behind them but um it's going to be intriguing again isn't it it's going to be a good season um i think at both the top and the bottom 
it's going to be a really good season. I don't think the bottom is potentially going to be as much of a scramble as last season. I'm quite excited about what's going to happen at the top end of the table because I don't think City will run away with it as they have done previously. I know Arsenal ran them close, but not really. But I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be exciting. I think the top, I don't really, I really care about the Champions League race because it's not really a race. But I think that is going to be quite intriguing in terms of those top man. four positions. I think Man City will smash it. Oh, well, they'll, they'll start slow. And everyone will go, oh, Tom, you're wrong. You were wrong, weren't you? Man City won't smash it. They, they, they're slow at the start of every season. Every season. So they'll smash it. Well, let's talk about the start of the season. This is absolutely seamless, Tom. You, you mentioned it a minute ago, actually, in terms of the start that the Forest have got. Forest start off with Arsenal away, Sheffield United home, Man United away, Chelsea away, Burnley home, Man City away. Piece of piss. Potentially mm. play three of my predicted top four away from home. Um, does it get any? It doesn't get any. Well, it doesn't get much harder than that. What's your thoughts? How many points are Forest going to get out of those opening four of Arsenal, Sheffield, Man United, Chelsea? Twelve. Now, pit it. I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, um, yeah, you're right. The the away games um, are, are are extremely difficult. But the the one positive I I will say is that I would rather play them now than any other time of the of the season before they start to get going. I mean, it might sound like a weird thing to say. Um, at straws, but I know what you're saying. Pushing at straws, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they're going to be difficult games, the away games. You, your hope comes in the home games. I mean, if you... They're two of the, the most important games of the season already, your two home games. Um, Sheffield United and, and Burnley, your two newly promoted sides. They're, they're games that, on paper, you have to win in any division. If you have stayed up the year before, you have to aim to beat the, the new boys, right? So you have to beat Sheffield United and Burnley at home. I almost think having the away games we do adds adds to the pressure to, to those games because... Yeah. I don't think people will see us picking up many points in, in the Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea. I know you were just talking about those first four and I've included Burnley and I'm now going to include Man City, but like you, you're just not going to pick up many points away. That was obviously... My, my concern is um, is that obviously I've predicted Forrest to stay up, so let's let's not go too far, but I don't think Forrest will pick up as many points at home this season as what they did last season no. because no. I think um, your second season, the reason teams struggle is because teams work them out. Now, I don't think there's much to work out with Forrest in terms of style because um, last season, Forrest just did what they had to do at certain points to, to get by in games due to the circumstance, not because of, of Steve Cooper or anything like that or the players, but because of the circumstance. But, they will know what to expect when they come to the city ground now if they if they weren't before. Um so I think the amount of points they get at home will will lower. So that means the pressure's away from home. They they will need to pick up more away points. And you could come out of the first two months of the season in August and September with zero away yep. points out of four games. So it's not an easy start. I actually fully expect Forest will be within that bottom three uh come the end of September. Um, and that might sound really miserable, but I think that's just due to the kind of fixtures that Forest have with just the two home games, and we'll see what happens from those two home games because they're not going to be easy. No, they're the risen pressure and the away games that they've got. I think they will get out of it, but I think unfortunately the fixture gods haven't been kind to them within that first but, two months. There's, there's something really, yeah. There's a I wrote down patience required. 
question yeah. mark because there definitely, I think there definitely is a patience required because we we, we go back to what we talked about in terms of the transfer window. There's going to be a realization that that whilst obviously they've got a settled uh, core group, if they add another four or five players to that group, they're going to be learning on the job. They're going to be learning on the biggest stage at some of the biggest places you could possibly go on that stage as well. So there's going to be an element of trying to find their feet against some of the best opposition they've come up against. And, you know, history would dictate that Forrest would like to pick up, as you say, no points from those games. So I think there's got to be a bit of realisation from the fan base and the hierarchy that, that maybe the start of this season and come the end of September, as you say, Forrest might not be where they want to, but they weren't where Forrest wanted to be mid-October end of October last year either. So no, and, and things turned out all right. So I mean, that's, that's it. If you're comparing the two years, I mean, the fixtures, I'm not saying Forrest had an easy run of fixtures at the start of last season. And, and obviously the circumstances were completely different. So it was harder for X, Y, Z. But obviously they had Spurs and Man City within that first couple of months. But apart from, and obviously you can add Newcastle to that, but I think at that time, I didn't feel like Newcastle were going to be quite as good as they were last season. That, that's just the truth of it. But um, they had Spurs and Newcastle that you would have looked at at that point as being really difficult ones. And the rest of them, I think people looked at and gone, they're not easy because you're in the Premier League and it's harder and the, and the, the jump is harder and it's a new squad. But, you know, we had West Ham and we had Everton and we had Bournemouth and and et cetera, et cetera. So there were games that you looked at and, and we came out of those first two months going, oh, well. Well, yeah. Um, but we lost to Bournemouth. We lost to home to Bournemouth. We lost to Fulham. Everton was a bit of a sucker punch away from home where we conceded because of the, what you talked about, that long ball over the right. top. You've now different... got to some, yeah, you've now got to have some consideration that this season, the games that you've got in those first two months, unfortunately... I mean, I'm not ruling out that Forrest can pull off a surprise or, or two, but I'm just saying there is a natural room there yeah. to just have a bit of consideration of, of what they've got in front of him in those first two months. Let's talk about Arsenal then on opening day. Um, it doesn't get much harder than that. Obviously, Forrest went there last year, the end of October, after beating Liverpool and lost 5-0. Um I mean, in terms of Arsenal, do we expect them to challenge this year? They've, they've done some good work, if you like, in terms of the transfer market. Obviously, Declan Rice will make his league debut against Forrest. Kai Havertz up top. Um, they, they, they've they obviously made some moves and they're, they're pretty happy with the shape of their squad. David Rare obviously about to come in between the sticks as well to challenge Ramsdale. Um They'll look at this as a really good opportunity. Obviously, they won the Community Shield yesterday. They'll see this as a good opportunity to really put a marker down and and and, and really send out a statement on opening day, won't they? Um, it's probably not the easiest place to go to. No, it's not. I think um, <laughs> you're right. I mean, they've just won the Community Shield as well, so they'll be in good spirits, I'm sure. I'll stick to the point that that I think going to Arsenal on the first game of the season is a better situation than playing them later on in the season. But I am yeah. clutching at straws slightly. Obviously, I'm still expecting them to turn up. There's new players there that will want to make an impression on the Premier League stage, regardless of what you think of the Community Shield, X, Y, Z. I think they'll be wanting to make that impression in that first game in front of their home fans. Um, 
you know, Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Timber, you know, are, are decent additions to the squad, albeit I probably don't rate Declan Rice as highly as, as many other people do. I can't doubt that he's a, he's a good player and I wouldn't mind him at Forest. Um, and, he gave and Kai, me do all right for that defensive midfielder role, wasn't he, I suppose? He wouldn't so. take Yates out of the squad, but um, yeah, he'd... Uh, Got early with the yeah. Yates one. <laughs> Look, Forrest... It's first game of the season. First games are, are always a weird one. Um, they just got to go to the Emirates and, and try and do their thing. I mean, I'm not expecting them to go there and start playing how they might play at home. And, and yeah, well, they might do. Way. They might do the way the end is. But that was good. That was a question I was going to ask you because obviously, if we look at those fixtures and we go right, we, we presume on the face of it that that Forest will, will struggle to pick up many points. Obviously, in a lot of those games last season. Five at uh, Arsenal, was it six or seven at City last year? Um, what, what, what? As fans, and I'm going to say, what do you want to see? And you're going to say three points, obviously. But what, what, from a performance wise, what do you want to see from Forest? I mean, from my perspective, it's pretty easy in terms of you want them to go there, you want them to put a shift in, you want them to be solid, but you want them to have a game plan and look like they've got something about them, so that. When they do break up play and they do get the ball, that they they spring on the counter and they look a goal threat. At times last year, Forest went places with a low block, and as soon as the first goal went in, you knew that there wasn't a hope and, and, and a prayer for them. This year, you want to see a bit more, I suppose, attacking intense, but in a smart way, don't you? Yeah, it's confidence. It's confidence for me. I mean, that's that. You know, people might ask me what my hopes are for the season, and I'd go obviously to stay up. I'd, I'd be quite happy again. Um, just because I think at the moment, anyway, I mean, I know people want to see improvement year on year. I think let's see what happens in the market. But, you know, I want Forrest to stay up. But what I want to see more than anything is is confidence. You know, being a, you know, you've already know that you, you can hold your own in this division um, and, and you know, get points in, in tough games and in tough circumstances. It's the confidence side that, that I think this group now needs to take into this season. I mean, as you say, I don't want them to go into games going, you know, you're 1-0 down, then all of a sudden it's five before you can even click your fingers. You know, they need to go into games, then right, we've conceded one, but we're good enough. You know, we can we can get a goal. I mean, one of the things I've I've put down is that I want Forrest to to kind of um be able to play their way, their style, have the confidence to do that and have, you know, start showing their brand, which I think they struggled with last season because of circumstance. Again, I've probably said the word circumstance about 10 times, but circumstance meant that that they struggled to do things maybe in the, the perfect way that they'd want. I think that's the aim for this season. And and for the Arsenal game specifically, it is that confidence to know that you can go there and compete. I mean, yeah. I think we lost 5-0 there last season, so that probably doesn't help in terms of the, uh, the old memory. Um, but the hope is, is that they can go back there this season and, and put a shift in. They'll want to... There's a part of me that thinks, you know, Arsenal will want to want to definitely they'll want to win anyway because they'll they'll want to compete again this year but they might look at that forest game on tv that confirms that man city were champions and and, and might want to um might want to right if you wrong forest. yeah yes. um but forest have just got to go there and 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 do their thing and and hope that they can get something get something from the game so i think yeah. something interesting that you said there tom was about but you know you wanting forest to have an identity and go there and 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 know what they're about. I think you're right. I think if, if you have an ask for the season, you want Forrest to stay up. But you'd want it. people to know Forrest for, for what they are. Yeah, I think I saw that at Liverpool last year. That yeah. was the first time in a long time before that game um, 
where I saw a step change. I think I mentioned that a lot on the podcast last year. I saw Forrest um, go to Liverpool and they lost um, and they conceded three goals. But but I felt like they went there and they just went, let's just sort of let's just have a go. Let's just play. Yeah. Let's just play our way and let's see what happens. And not every game's going to end three two. You you might go somewhere and someone might take. Well, that should have been three three to be honest. Yeah, probably exactly. should it all two two. Um, but but that's what I want to see. I'm not. You can't do that in every game. At the end of the day, I'm saying all this, and it's very naive to think that that you can do that in every single game. Because if you do, you will get rolled over. That that <laughs> is the truth of it. Yeah. In certain games, there are games that Forest. Unfortunately, the Premier League is the Premier League and those top teams are a very different level to those teams in the bottom half of the table. And therefore, you do have to play a certain way if you want to try and get a surprise result or, or get something from the game that could keep you up at the end of the season or, or play a huge part. That's just the truth of it. When you're in the Premier League, you are going to have to play some some what people might call unattractive football at times in order to get a result. But I just want to see in certain games or at certain times in games, there's opportunities and, just, and not just roll over just just at the first time of asking, really. Yeah. In terms of the starting eleven, we talked about this off the, off air, didn't we? Last night, we you talked, and we've said already, it kind of picks itself with everyone. You know, if the injury doubts remain as those as that doubtful, then the starting eleven you probably think would would likely be Turner if he signs. What hell of a debut that is, by the way, against your old club that you just signed for. Well, hopefully, five. he'll want to have an absolute worldie. Yeah. Well. Fingers crossed. Turner, Warrell, Bolly, McKenna, Aurier, Mangala, Yates, Danilo, Ina, Gibbs, White, Johnson. You would think there was very, very few question marks over that starting eleven. Maybe mm. a one year in if he's fit, but big call leaving Johnson out of this stage given the uncertainty around him. Um, but yeah, unless any signings reappear or appear, not reappear, but any well maybe Henderson, but he can't play. He's injured. But if any signings turn up between now and Saturday, but you, you know your viewpoint last night is that they're unlikely to start. It's pretty much a Steve Cooper uh, yeah. mantra. So solid side. Give us a score prediction then. Oh dear, first first podcast of the season. I'm going to go four um, one Arsenal. Oh Jesus Christ! I was <laughs> expecting four. <laughs> he's gone early with that um, yeah. I'm going to go 3 nil Arsenal I, I, I can't see Forrest getting too much from this I, I, I think for me this is this is why actually the question is more about performance level I just want to see them give something and I know 3 nil on the face it might not sound like an improvement but it is versus the 5 last season um, I think this is really tough I think Arsenal will be buoyed by yesterday I know it was only the Community Shield, but they obviously had a bit of a they had a bit of a gripe with Man City as well yesterday. They wanted to to quash. I, I think Arsenal this year, whilst they might not push Man City all the way again, I, I think they'll do all right. I think they'll do well in both the Premier League and the Champions League. I think he's assembling quite quite a decent squad there. So I think he's a tough like, Basque, but I think that's it. If we if you want to see a performance, so you want if they get a goal. Then, then that is, and as long as it's not a consolation at four 0 down. But if Forest could at least put a compete and can walk away the head held high, I think that's all we can ask from this one. So, mm. right, let's move on. Last segment of the pod. It's been a long pod today, but they always are in terms of the first uh, first one of the season. A lot to get through. We're going to introduce a little cheeky segment now. So, aren't we every week? We're going to add a little bit of trivia. <laughs> You love a bit of trivia. You love a quiz. You're a bit of a quiz master. Although the last quiz you went to over the summer, you fell asleep in. So 
<laughs> too many beers you say it wasn't that good a quiz so we're going to play a bit of a game of guessing we're going to post this out on the socials afterwards if you could guess it though obviously you could tweet us at time added on pod we'd love to get as many answers back under the um under the post that we've obviously the pod launch but guess who four clues on this one it's going to have a little bit of a tedious link to the week's uh opposition so this one's got a bit of a, a bit of a tedious link back to arsenal so um, he joined the club on a free transfer in July 97 from Wolves. In the two years at the club, he scored four goals, including one against Arsenal. Left to join Barnsley in May 99. And overall, he got nine England caps, making his debut against Turkey in 91. You weren't even born then, Tom. Um, that, that's how long this, this guess who is. But bit of a, a guess who there. Like I say, send your answers in. On Twitter, you can email, as always. But um, we play this game quite a bit. It was a game that we played in lockdown um, with some of our uh, mates. And we did come up with some absolutely obscure ex-Forest players. So this one's quite a nice... I reckon. This, I think this is quite a nice, easy one to start the season. It's they could Will get. Asking, is it? Not Will it wasn't Will Askins that you wanted to do, <laughs> which, had no, uh, which had no link back to Arsenal. You just really like Will Hoskins. Um, so we'll see we might get some obscure ones but that's been the first episode of the season I've really enjoyed that it's great to be back it's going to be great to finally have some football to talk about each week as always as I've said if you want to get in contact with us you can email us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com or you can give us a follow on Twitter at timeaddedonpod it'd be great to hear some feedback on the pod any thoughts, any features that you think might be uh, a worthwhile addition or anything at all, give us a follow, give us a like. Please leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. That would be wonderful. But uh, to everyone going to Arsenal at the weekends, enjoy it. Tom, have a great time. A few beers. Hopefully the sun's out for you. Hopefully you're not wearing that pink top. Um, and we'll be back. We'll be back next Sunday. The episode will probably go out next Monday. So uh, until then, have a good one. Come on, you Reds.